non-emergency medical transportation for the Louisiana Medicaid program, Transportation Provider Guide. It is put out by the Department of Health and Hospitals, Alina Medicaid Solutions. And the last this version was revised was May of 2014. After the title page, the first page that shows up shows in large bold letters, STOP! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. If an owner or co-owner has been convicted of any of the criminal offenses listed below, you must contact NEMT program desk at 225-342-9404 before going any further. Bulleted out below that is Medicaid, Medicare, and any other health care program fraud, neglect or abuse of a patient, unlawful manufacture, distribution, prescription, or dispensing of a controlled substance, fraud, theft, embezzlement, breach of fiduciary responsibility, or any other financial misconduct, sexual acts, interference or obstruction of an investigation into any of the above criminal offenses. The next page is a letter to the prospective NEMT provider. It says, Dear Prospective NEMT Provider, As per your request, attached you will find an enrollment application with all of the forms needed to enroll in the Medicaid Non-Emergency Non-Ambulance Medicaid Transportation NEMT Program. We thank you for your interest in becoming a Medicaid NEMT provider. All providers must be certified to participate in the Medicaid program. This requires that you correctly complete all forms and successfully pass an inspection in accordance with state regulations. Please note that some forms must be notarized. Before doing anything else, you must contact the Health Standards NEMT Program Desk at 225-342-9404 to verify that your business name is not already in use by another provider or prospective provider. Prior to completing and submitting the enclosed forms, you must do the following things. Register your business and its name with the Louisiana Secretary of State's office. Obtain an IRS taxpayer identification number in your business name. Open a checking account in the name of your proposed transportation business entity. Obtain a suitable vehicle, no pickup trucks or two-door sports cars. Complete an MT-10 form, enclosed, and submit it to the, public, the Louisiana Public Service Commission. Register the vehicle with the Louisiana Department of Public Safety, Office of Motor Vehicles. You must register the vehicle in your business name and you must purchase a for-hire license plate. Have a prospective driver obtain a Louisiana chauffeur's license, class D or higher, from the Office of Motor Vehicles. While the driver is obtaining his or her chauffeur's license, have them obtain a copy of their online driver record. Obtain the required healthcare provider criminal background check from the Louisiana State Police, Bureau of Criminal Identification, or one of their authorized vendors for any and all drivers you intend to hire. The department will need to review the healthcare provider's criminal background check prior to approving your application. This office does not accept criminal background checks from municipal police departments, sheriff's office, or parish clerks of courts. Have each prospective driver successfully complete the National Safety Council Defensive Driving Course, DDC-6, or an equivalent approved by the department. Please note that we do not accept online defensive driving courses. Purchase both com commercial auto automobile liability and commercial general liability insurance that meets the department's requirements. Have the agent send the department both the certificate of insurance and a letter stating that your insurance has been paid in advance for 90 days. The department does not accept insurance binders or Louisiana insurance identification cards. Publish your notice of intent to do business in the appropriate news local newspapers. Submit a copy of the notice from the paper or an affidavit of publication to the department. If you are operating your business in Jefferson and Orleans Parishes and the city of Shreveport, you must apply for and be granted the appropriate non-emergency medical transportation permit. Once you have completed all of the above, 
complete the enclosed forms, notarize those forms that need notarization, and add any required documents to the outline checklist. Mail all forms from both the Medicaid Business Entity Provider Enrollment Packet and the type-specific PT42 Non-Emergency Medical Transportation Provider Enrollment Packet to the following address. DHH Health Standards, NMT Program Desk, Post Office Box 3767, Baton Rouge, Louisiana 70821-3767. Once CNMT Program Desk receives your packet, it takes at least two weeks to process your packet. If anything is missing or is incorrect, the application will be returned to you. Every time a packet is returned to you, it delays your enrollment into the program by at least two weeks. The entire provider enrollment process from the receipt of your packet until you transport your first patient should take three months. If your application is submitted in its entirety without the need for correction or request of additional information. Once you've completed all the, of the requirements and your application has been approved, it will be sent to one of the health standard field offices, whichever one is closest to your location, to be assigned to a survey for initial inspection. The field office will contract you directly and make an appointment. Under normal circumstances, you should have your initial inspection within four weeks of receipt of your paperwork by the field office. After your inspection has been successfully completed, your results will be faxed back to the Health Standards NMT Program Desk. Once it is reviewed and approved by the EMT Program Manager, usually within 24 hours, your application will be forwarded to the Provider Enrollment Unit at Molina Medicaid Solutions. There will be signed a provider number. Once processing is completed at Molina Medicaid Solutions, they will notify First Transit to begin giving you trip authorizations. Molina Medicaid Solutions will notify you of your provider number. You are required to read the Medical Transportation Manual and become familiar with it and knowledge of the policy and procedures contained in this manual. This manual can be found at www.lamedicaid.com. On the left side of the bar of the home page, click the Provider Manuals icon. On the Provider Manuals page, below the Current Manuals heading, select Medical Transportation from the drop-down box. With the exception of the criminal background check, the entire process can be done within three months if the proper sequence of events is followed and all the information is submitted correctly to the Health Standards NEMT Program Desk. We have also included the necessary forms that you will need to add or change vehicles or drivers once you're in the program. We highly recommend that you keep clean copies of the NMT driver form, HSS-MT-8, NMT driver change form, HSS-MT-8C, NMT vehicle inspection form, HSS-MT-9, and the NMT request for inspection form, HSS-MT-15, and its instructions. Thanks for your cooperation. Sincerely, Health Standards NMT Program Desk. The next page is the NEMT request for inspection, fleet edition. It outlines all the necessary blanks that include where to send it to, the Health Standards NEMT Program Desk, fax 225-342-0157, or email it to steve.irwin at la.gov. And it says complete all the necessary blanks. Date of request, unit number, provider name, provider number, provider address, city, state, zip, telephone, fax number, contact person, email. Below there's a table with a checkbox column that says reason. Uh, the first one says addition. Next to that, there's a VIN number portion. Um, there's also a details box uh, that includes details for the vehicle. It looks like you choose one, whether you're gonna add the vehicle, replace it, and it says a check of the additional vehicle, replace an existing vehicle, or if it's a windshield replacement. 
And it says, this vehicle will be ready for inspection on, and you fill in a date. Below that's an attestation statement. Under penalty of perjury, I attest that the above-listed vehicle is in total compliance with all application, applicable portions of the Louisiana Motor Vehicle Inspection Act, LARS 32, and its regulations and rules, all rules, regulations, and pertinent policies and procedures of the Louisiana Medicaid Non-Emergency Non-Ambulance Medical Transportation Program, established under provision of Louisiana Revised Statute 43, colon... 450.2J. It has a spot for the provider's signature and the date. Below that, for HSS office use only, is who it's approved by, with Steve Irwin, NEMT program manager's name in there, and the date and the per permit number. It looks like all the permit numbers started with T. Uh, I believe the next page is a continuation of this document. It says, your health standards regional office will contact you and schedule an inspection. Under that, it says, Instructions for completing NEMT requests for inspections, dash fleet edition, form HSS-MT-15. This form is to be used to add or replace vehicles to your fleet. All additions to your fleet number, whether permanent or temporary, must be recorded to the de department and permitted for use prior to the vehicle being used to transport Medicaid clients. If replacing a vehicle, please write the VIN number and the unit number of the vehicle being replaced. Please keep copies of this form and these instructions in your files at all times. You may copy the form as needed. Fill in all blanks on the form with the appropriate information attached to the following documents. One, the cert certificate of registration from the Office of Louisiana Motor Vehicles showing the vehicle is registered in the business entity's name and has four hire license plates. Number two, a copy of your current insurance certificate showing the vehicle identification number of the new vehicle added to your policy. Your insurance agent must follow this up with an original certificate of insurance showing the new vehicle has been added to your policy. We do not accept Louisiana automobile insurance identification cards. Three, an EMT vehicle inspection form, HSS-MT-9A, with Section 1 completed. Fax or email the completed form, HSS-MT-15, and the three required attachments of the Health Standards EMT Program Desk. All Documents are to be faxed or emailed to this office at the same time. Keep the originals and give them to the surveyor during the inspection of your vehicle. Pending approval by the NMT program manager, a temporary permit will be faxed to you within two working days of a receipt of your vehicle information. Once you receive the permit signed by the NMT program manager, you may begin to use the vehicle. A copy of the permit should retain, remain in the vehicle at all times. Please note a copy of the Louisiana Public Service Commission Form MT-10 affidavit has been included. If you do not have a for hire waiver from the Louisiana Public Service Commission, you will need to complete this form and submit it, submit it to P.O. Box 91154 Baton Rouge, L.A. 70821-9154 for approval. Once you receive the waiver back from them, you must submit the Office of Motor Vehicles in order to obtain your for hire license plate. If you need additional information, please contact the NEMT program desk at 225-342. Dash 9404. At the bottom of this page, it notes that HSS-MT-15 has been updated on August 4th of 99, December 18th of 12, February of 13, and March of 13. The next page in bold, in large letters, says important notice. All forms listed on the checklist must be completed and mailed to Bureau of Health Servicing Finances, Bureau of Health Services Financing, Care of Health Standards Section, 
Attention, NEMT Program Desk, P.O. Box 3767, Baton 70821-3767. In large red letters, it says, Do not mail the application to the physical address of health standards. In large, it says, Do not mail this application to Molina Provider Enrollment, as this will delay the enrollment process. The next page is non-ambulance, non-emergency, medical transportation, NEMT enrollment. It says, thank you for your interest in becoming a Medicaid provider. Your participation will enable the Medicaid program to provide more services to a larger number of Medicaid recipients. As a non-ambulance, non-emergency medical transportation, NEMT provider, you will provide me medically necessary transportation to and from Medicaid-approved Medicaid appointments without cost to recipients who have no other means of available transportation. These services may be provided via automobile, vans, taxis, and commercial vehicles, such as buses and aircraft. Providers will be classified as one of the following types. Uh, friends and, number one is friends and family provider, a friend or family member who will transport recipients to appointments and is enrolled in the NEMT program. And number two is nonprofit providers, business establishments operated by or otherwise affiliated with any public, parish, city, state, or federal organization. Profits from these business establishments benefit the organization. Number three is profit providers. Corporations, partnerships, or individuals who are certified by the Bureau of Health Services financing and who benefit from the business proceeds. Number four is taxis, corporations, partnerships, or individuals who have a state license to operate as a taxi and permit and a permit from the local governing body. Number four is taxis, corporations, partnerships, or individuals who have a state license to operate as a taxi and a permit from the local governing body. The next paragraph says, NEMT providers may not subcontract. Profit providers such as nursing homes, developmentally disabled, DD group, or community homes, hospitals, etc., may not provide transportation for their own clients and bill Medicaid, but they may bill Medicaid if they transport other Medicaid recipients. Next section, basic NEMT program requirements. The, the Medicaid program requires that all NEMT providers have at minimum auto liability coverage of 100,000 per person and 300,000 per accident or a combined service limit of $300,000. This policy will cover any automobiles, hired automobiles and non-owned automobiles. Providers will have a minimum of $300,000 of general liability insurance in the name of the business. Premiums must be prepaid for a six-month period. Proof of insurance is a notarized original certificate of insurance, which includes the dates of coverage and a 30-day cancellation notification clause. This certificate must be issued to the Bureau of Health Services Financing. All vehicles using the NEMT program must be inspected and approved. The vehicles must be properly licensed. Four higher plates are required on all vehicles except those with public license plates. They must have a current state inspection sticker, seat belts, operational air conditioning, and heating systems. A child restraint seat, a first aid kit, a PPE kit, a fire extinguisher on board, be safe to operate, and be compliant with pertinent portions of Title 32 of the Louisiana Revised Statutes Highway Regulatory Act. All vehicles and the required systems, such as air conditioning, must function in accordance with manufacturer standards. Providers must comply with all state laws and the regulation of any other governing state, agency, commission, or local entity to which they are subject as a condition of enrollment and continued participation in the Medicaid program. 
Profit and nonprofit providers must have either a fax machine or the BLAST software capability as determined by the Medicaid program based on the volume of trips authorized to the provider. Providers must comply with all applicable federal interstate commerce laws regarding transportation, including but not limited the $1 million insurance requirement. Providers must agree to serve the entire parish or parishes for which he or she operates. Providers must agree to serve the entire parish or parishes for which he or she provides transportation. Exception, providers in Jefferson Orleans parishes may choose to serve only the east or the west bank of the parish. Providers are required to immediately report their, to their area inspection any changes with affect their participation, such as fleet size or reduction in the number of parishes covered. Next section is transportation scheduling service. Medicaid will reimburse providers only for approved medical transportation for eligible Medicaid recipients. Additionally, Medicaid re recipients will be screened by the Transportation Dispatch Office to determine the need for transportation the availability of the least cost means of transportation. Recipients are required to contract the con excuse me. Recipients are required to contact the dispatch office in 48 hours advance to schedule appointments. Same day trips will not be authorized except for certain types of medical necessity. All family members needing to go to the doctor should go on the same day or at about the same time to avoid the need for more than one trip per day. Some recipients may be asked to reschedule appointments to accomplish this. Trips will be schedules using the following hierarchy. I think they mean scheduled. City or public transportation, such as buses, friends and family providers, nonprofit providers, and then profit providers. Note, transportation providers cannot call dispatch on behalf of the recipient to schedule an appointment. The only medical facilities authorized to fax request to schedule appointments on behalf of their patients are hemodialysis facilities, long-term care facilities, nursing homes, and kid med facilities. Page 11 of the 2014 Molina Medicaid NEMT Provider Manual starts with a header of denial for prior authorization and new specialized NEMT codes. It's a memorandum from Thomas D. Collins, November 1st, 1994, and it says denial for prior authorization. After the implementation of the automated prior authorization system, a number of providers experienced pro problems with billing for NEMT services. These denials and the corrective actions to be taken are as follows. Uh, this one's 190-prior authorization not on file. There is no prior authorization on file number on file at Molina. Medicaid solutions for the recipient for the date of service. In some instances, authorization numbers fail transmission to Molina Medicaid solutions and do not appear unless dispatch verifies that an authorization was sent. The claim must be resubmitted once the authorization is submitted by dispatch and is on file at Molina Medicaid solutions. The next one is 191, requires prior authorization. There is no match with the authorization number on file at Molina Medicaid Solutions. Many 191 denials stem primarily from its prime many 191 denials stem primarily from instances where the dispatch office sends Molina Medicaid Solutions authorization for one procedure code and the provider submits a claim with a different procedure code. For example, a provider agrees to a reduced rate bills this trip as Z5178 as a negotiated trip, but it should be billed as Z5 177-local trip even though it's a reduced rate. A new denial code, 198 prior authorization procedure not same as claim procedure, 
will assist in differentiating when the denial is due to the procedure code on the claim and the prior authorization file not matching. Please note that when a provider has agreed to a reduced rate for a local or capitated trip, the appropriate code for local Z5177 or Z9498 or capitated trip Z5179 or Z5180 should, not, should be billed, not a negotiated trip Z5178. Negotiated trips should be billed only when the trip is outside the local area. Please check the billing programs to ensure that the appropriate codes are, st are being used in billing Medicaid. Dispatch must also use the appropriate codes when authorizing trips. If the wrong procedure code is used in the authorization sent to Molina Medicaid Solutions, it must be canceled and resent re by dispatch office. 191 denials can also occur if your authorization number is not in the correct place on the claim form. Please check your programming and ensure that the authorization number is appearing in item 11. Claims previous de previously denied for this error should be corrected as appropriate and resubmitted to Molina Medicaid Solutions. 192. Prior authorization has not been approved. A request for prior authorization was not approved. This claim cannot be paid and should not be resubmitted. 193. Date on claim not covered by prior authorization. The date of service on the claim does not have an authorization number, even though there may be an authorization number on file for a different date of service for that recipient. If a trip is not made and is made at a later date, it is not acceptable to use the same authorization. Rather, the original number must be canceled and a new authorization number by the dispatch office. Rather, the original number must be canceled and a new authorization number issued by the dispatch office. Once the new authorization number for the date of service is on file, you may resubmit your claim for payment. 194. Claim exceeds prior authorization limits. The authorization number for that recipient for the date of that date of service has already been used to pay for a claim for that trip. You must contact dispatch to determine if there was an error and an authorization number was used twice, and if appropriate, have a new authorization number sent to Molina Medicaid Solutions. 196. The claim recipient ID does not match on the prior ID on the prior authorization file. For this type, it, the claim was denied because the recipient number on the claim does not match the recipient number on the prior authorization file at Molina Medicaid Solutions. Please ensure that the correct recipient number was used in billing and also that the dispatch office used the correct ID in authorizing the trip. Another recipient's authorization number cannot be used for a different recipient even if they are in the same facility. Family. An authorization number for each individual must be obtained if several family members are being transported the same date of service. 197. PA provider ID not same as claim provider ID. The provider number sent by dispatch to Molina Medical Medicaid Solutions prior authorization file was not the same as that on the claim submitted for that recipient for the date of service. There has been a problem with the dispatch offices using an in-house provider number or an outdated provider number rather than the current provider number on file at Molina Medicaid Solutions. This results in 197 denials. Please ensure that dispatch has the correct current provider number. If the incorrect number is used, dispatch will need to send Molina Medicaid Solutions and new authorizations. Once the authorization is resubmitted, the claim should re be resubmitted to Molina Medicaid Solutions. In the future, the dispatch office will forward, forward to Molina Medicaid Solutions prior authorization file the following information. Recipient name, Medicaid identification number, date of service, procedure code for trip type, authorization number, and amount authorized. 
The claims processing system will require a match on all of these system on all of these the claims processing system will require a match on all of these items to successfully process the claim. Claims that do not match all items will be denied. The dispatch offices are being advised of these same findings and asked to correct any errors in the codes or provider numbers they are authorizing. Claims that were denied should be resubmitted with any necessary corrections. If there are any further problems, please contact your Molina Medicaid Solutions Provider Relations representative to arrange a visit where appropriate corrective actions can be explained. The new NEMT specialized the new specialized NEMT codes effective for dates of service 11194 and after. The department has established several additional specialized transportation service codes and rates effective for service dates November 1, 1994 and after. These are noted below. Z5182, enhanced capitated monthly rate. For a patient whose capitated trips for medical services, which are regular, predictable, and continuing, Require more than five trips per week, including wheelchair-bound patients who are non-ambulatory. Capitated remote rural. Next one is, sorry, Z5183. The capitated remote rural monthly rate, and that is for a patient whose capitated trips for necessary medical services are greater than 120 miles. 120 miles round trip, including wheelchair-bound patients who are non-ambulatory. The next code is Z5184. It's capitated wheelchair rural for a patient in rural area who is wheelchair bound and non-ambulatory and whose trips are capitated on a monthly basis. The next code is Z5185. That's a capitated wheelchair urban and that's for a patient in urban area who is wheelchair bound and non-ambulatory and whose trips are capitated on a monthly basis. The next code is Z5185, I may have already done this one, but I'll do it again. It's a capitated wheelchair urban or a patient in urban area who's wheel, who is wheelchair bound and non-ambulatory and whose trips are capitated on a monthly basis. The next code is Z5186, local trip profit wheelchair. Local trip for a patient who is wheelchair bound and non-ambulatory. Z5187, local trip non-profit wheelchair. Local trip for a patient who is wheelchair-bound and non-ambulatory. And it says, please ensure that necessary programming changes. Please ensure that necessary programming changes to the billing procedures are completed, if needed, to reflect these codes. The dispatch offices were notified of these new codes at the same time this notice was mailed to providers. The dispatch office shall authorize these codes when appropriate. Rates for negotiated trips... Z5178, Z5176, and code Z5181 shall take into consideration when the patient is wheelchair-bound and non-ambulatory. Please note that the department is now maintaining compliant fi complaint files on all NEMT providers regarding failure to pick up recipients in a timely manner before or after medical appointments or arriving too late for appointments. At annual vehicle inspections, the volume of complaints for that provider shall be reviewed and a determination made regarding the provider's continued participation in the program if a complaint volume indicates repeated problems with adhering to the NEMT program's regulations, federal and state, in the event participation in the program is affected based on the volume of valid complaints, the Bureau will adhere to existing procedures for due process. Please contact Molina Medicaid Solutions Provider Relations at 225-924-5040 or the Transportation Program 
if you have any questions. The next page is the state of, uh, it's a form, it's the State of Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals, and it's, uh, looks like the name of the form is the Non-Emergency Medical Transportation Form. It does have the, it's the, the seal of the state of Louisiana on it, and also the seal of the uh, Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals. And it says, check if any changes occurred since last application. In box number one, it wants a provider DBA name, the geographical address, the city, state, and zip, the telephone number, the fax number, and the email address. In section two, it wants a mailing address, if different from above, then the city, state, and zip. And number three, uh, it wants the owner's name, the mailing address, if different from above, and the city, state, and zip. Now it asks for the type of ownership. Uh, it asks you to circle sole owner partnership, corporation, or government. And then in section five, it says list name, address, and telephone numbers for persons or group of persons having direct or indirect ownership or a controlling interest. In parentheses, it says 5% of the corporate stock or partnership interest or any person or business entity which has a direct business interest, including but not limiting to a wholly owned subsidiary, the details of any conversion rights which may exist for the benefit of any party and whether such stock, partnership interest, or ownership being held by the disclosed person or business entity is, in fact, owned by another person or business entity. In parentheses, it says attach additional sheets if additional space is needed. And then it has a, a box for you to put the owner name, the owner address, and the owner telephone number, and it has a spot for two owners. Uh, the, the three owners, I'm sorry. Mm, probably two. Uh, then there's, so there's box six. It says, uh, hold harmless agreement. All applicants must execute a hold harmless agreement in favor of the state. The agreement must be notarized. The hold harmless agreement pr providers must use is, a, is provided in the packet. Section 7, driver requirements. It asks you to fill in the total number of drivers employed, and it says every driver must complete a driver enro enrollment form, MT8, which must be submitted to the department prior to driving the program. The MT8 form is included in this packet. In addition to the MT8 form, you must also include with your application the following. Number one, a copy of his or her chauffeur's license. Number two, written verification of successful completion of the appropriate defensive driving course. Number three, a written copy of his or her online driver record for the Office of Motor Vehicles. Next section says, note, all drivers of vehicles enrolled in the EDMT program must do the following. Number one be 25 years of age or older. Number two, hold a valid chauffeur's or commercial driver's license, Louisiana class A, B, C, or D, or the equivalent in the driver's state of residence. Number three, successfully complete a defensive driving course recognized by the National Safety Council or its equivalent as de determined by the department. Under that and kind of the um, footer, it says HSS-MT-01 revised 12 of 08, and that's page one of three. And it's out of the Office of Management and Finance. It's got their address, section, all that kind of fun stuff. And so it looks like a continuation of this form is at the header. It says non-emergency medical transportation form, license application form. Let me say that again. Non-emergency medical transportation license application form. And it starts at section 8. It says service area requirements. The provider service area is defined as the parish or parishes in which the provider had either a main office or a substation. A parish can only be a service area for a provider if he has an office, office located in the parish and at least one vehicle based there. 
A provider must accept all trip authorizations within the parish or parishes and all reasonable proximity trips to adjacent parishes. List in the parish or parishes that you wish to operate, the number of vehicles to be used in each parish, and the location of the office in each parish. Note, the East Bank and the West Bank or of Jefferson Parish are counted as two separate parishes. You may serve one or the other or both. And then it has a table for you to fill in the parish, the number of vehicles, and the office location. It's got five blanks. Then is section nine, a participating, it's vehicle requirements. A participating provider, provider must own or lease all vehicles that will be used to provide NEMT program transportation services. Proof must be submitted indicating that each vehicle is R, is slash R registered in the transportation services name. The vehicle is under lease. The period of the lease must run concurrently as the inspection period. Transportation providers may not subcontract. That's in all caps, by the way. All information pertaining to the lease or ownership of each vehicle must be listed in the appropriate space on the NMT vehicle inspection form, MT9 A and B. The provider is to complete section one of the MT9 form for each vehicle participating in the NMT program and return it with a copy of the vehicle's certificate of registration from the Office of Motor Vehicles. All vehicle certification requirements are listed on the MT9 form. Every, participating, every vehicle participating in the program must be inspected and certified to participate in the program every year. Cars must have quote-unquote higher taxi license plates and must have quote-unquote higher bus and vans must have quote-unquote higher bus license plate. At the time of enrollment, the provider must stipulate whether each vehicle will be used for services to ambulatory or non-ambulatory recipients. In section 10 is vehicle insurance. It says providers are required to have a minimum automobile liability coverage insurance limits of $100,000 per person and $300,000 per accident or a $300,000 combined single limit policy. Policy shall cover any automobile schedule one or owned, hired, leased, and non-owned automobiles schedules two or four and eight and nine. Scheduled automobile policies, Schedule 7, are not permitted. The insurance company's home office must send the department a true and correct copy of the insurance policy to verify coverage. The insurance must be prepaid for at least the next three-month period. The insurance company must also verify in writing the policy is prepaid for the next three months. Providers who intend to transport out-of-state medical appointments must carry 1 million automobile liability insurance in addition to comply with all federal interstate commerce laws pertaining to such transportation. For more information, contact the Public Service Commission. The department must be listed as a certificate holder for all automobile and general liability insurance carried by ENMT providers. This should read as follow on all policy certificates. Bureau of Health Services Financing, Health, sections, health Standards Sections, Post Office Box 3767. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70821-3767. Attention, NEMT Program Desk. And that's the end of that page. It says it was last revived in December of 08. And page 3 of the Non-Emergency Medical Transportation License Application Form. The policy must have a cancellation statement requiring notification of the certificate holder 30 days prior to any cancellation or change of coverage. The true and correct copy of the insurance policy must be mailed directly to the health standards by the insurance company, not the agent. All policies and certificates must indicate that they cover non-emergency medical transportation vehicles and have an original signature of the insurance company's authorized representatives. Representatives. Once the vehicles are inspected and certified for participation in the NMT program, each vehicle will have a decal placed on it 
by the surveyor. In addition to initial and periodic recertification inspections, the department may conduct spot inspections at any time in any location within the state. Any vehicle failing a spot inspections will have it decal, its decal removed. The vehicle will have to be inspected again before it can be used again to transport Medicaid clients. Uh, number, section 11, General Liability Insurance Requirements. Each Medicaid transportation provider must be covered by a general liability insurance on the business with a minimum coverage of 300000 combined single limit liability. A true and correct copy of the policy must be submitted as part of the enrollment packet indicating the amount of coverages, dates of coverages, etc. The policy must also so show BHSF as the certificate holder. See above. Insurance must be prepaid, prepaid for a three-month period. The insurance company must also verify in writing that the policy is prepaid for the next three months. The policy must have a cancellation slash change statement requiring notification of the certificate holder 30 days prior to any cancellation or change of coverage. Section number 12, local license and permit requirements. If the provider's city or parish requires a special license and or permit to operate a medical transportation service, providers must attach a copy of the current license or permit to this form before mailing it to health standards. These ordinances exist in Orleans and Jefferson parishes and the city of Shreveport. Attestation is the next section, and it says, It is my responsibility to notify the Department of Health and Hospitals, Bureau of Health Services Financing, Health Standards section, in writing of any changes of the, in the information provided in this application. I certify that the information herein is true, correct, and supportable by documentation to the best of knowledge, of my knowledge. Documentation of the information above is available on, on request by the Department of Health and Hospitals. And under that it says, note, if sole ownership, the owner must sign. If a partnership, all partners must, must sign. If a corporation or government entity, the chief executive officer or president, mayor, CEO, and the authorized representative must sign. And it's got four spots for signature. It says authorized representative name and title, typed or printed, authorized representative signature, date signed, and this is the end of the page three, three, page three of three of the form that's labeled HSS-MT-01. It says revised last in December of 08. And that is the official form for the state of Louisiana and the De Department of Health and Hospitals. The next page in the manual, uh, which is page 16, and it is a hold harmless agreement uh, form. And, and it says blank. As you fill in the name here, a medical transportation provider enrolled in the Medicaid program and providing transportation services for Medicaid recipients agrees to indemnify, defend, and hold harmless the Department of Health and Hospitals, Bureau of Health Hospital Services financing from any claims or liabilities whatsoever of any nature arising from the operation of a vehicle by the provider or his employees, agents, etc., and any acts of negligence or misconduct attributable to the provider of his employees, agents, etc., and then it has a spot for the provider's signature and a date, two witness slots, a notary public space, and then a notary seal, which is required. Uh, the next page is a notice of intent to do business, and it says the provider must publish a notice of intent to do business in the newspaper. Uh, the next bullet is place this notice in the local paper and regional newspaper at least one time. The next bullet says be sure the newspaper circulates this notice and in his her geographic area and the fourth bullet point is submit a clipping of the actual newspaper notice or obtain an affidavit of publication from the newspaper confirming this notice ran under that it says sample of a notice to intent 
to do business. And it said the following is a sample with a notice of intent to do business should look like for the newspaper ad. And under that, it has a sample. It says notice of intent to do business. We are applying to the Department of Health and Hospitals, Office of the Secretary, Bureau of Health Services Financing, P.O. Box 91030, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70821-9030 for approval to enroll in the Medicaid program as a non-emergency medical transportation provider in the parishes of blank. Insert the parishes there. Our business will be located at the following address. And then it has as you know, a placeholder, John Doe, DBA, Doe's Transportation Service, 11234 Main Street, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70821. And then it says, place the proprietor's name at the end of notice. The next page is um, on the letterhead of the office of, Bob, of Governor Bobby Jindal. And it says the secretary at that time is Bruce D. Greenstein. And it's got the steel of the state of Louisiana. And it says Department of Health and Hospitals, Bureau of Health Services Financing Section. And this is um, dated Monday, March 7th, 2011. It's a memorandum to all EMT providers and applicants. And it's from Steve Irwin. Medicaid Program Manager 1A, Health Standards Section, NEMT Program Desk. And the, it's, uh, the subject of it is criminal history checks for the NEMT drivers and providers. Sorry, it's regarding, not the subject. It says, effective Sunday, August 15, 2010, Louisiana Revised Statute 40, colon, 1300, 51-51 through Fifty-six, commonly referred to as the Healthcare Provider Criminal Background Check Law, was amended. These amendments change the impact of the statute on non-licensed healthcare personnel. This includes drivers in the NEMT program. There are no longer any waivable offenses under the law. The law states that persons convicted of certain offenses must be non-employments. For NEMT providers, these offenses include solicitation for murder, second-degree murder, first-degree feticide, criminal assistance to suicide, second-degree battery, simple battery to the infirm, Assault by drive-by shooting, mingling harmful substances, mingling harmful substances, forcible rape, sexual battery, oral sexual battery, aggravated kidnapping, human trafficking, simple burglary of a pharmacy, armed robbery, secondary degree robbery, theft of assets of an aged person or disabled person, crime against nature, cruelty to the infirm, first degree murder, manslaughter, second degree feticide, aggravated battery, aggravated second degree battery, aggravated assault. Aggravated assault with a firearm, aggravated rape, simple rape, second-degree ba sexual battery, intentional exposure to AIDS virus, simple kidnapping, aggravated arson, aggravated burglary, burglary, first-degree robbery, extortion, aggravated crime against nature, exploitation of the infirm. And the next page says March 7, 2011, page 1, sexual battery of the infirm. Possession with the intent to distribute, so it's a continuation of this list, sorry. So it's a sexual battery of the infirm. Possession with the possession with the intent to distribute of any Schedule 1 through Schedule 4, sorry, Schedule 5, controlled dangerous substance. Also included under the statute is any attempt to commit any of these offenses or conspiracy to commit any of these offenses. The law applies to all NEMT, new NEMT drivers hired after August 15th, 2010, and anyone who has not been employed by the provider for 24 of the previous 36 months. To obtain a criminal history check, you must have the applicant complete, a sign, complete and sign a Louisiana State Police request for criminal history form. After the applicant completes the form, you must submit the form to the Louisiana State Police Bureau of Criminal Identification and Information with a money order for $26, no personal checks. When completing the form, you should check healthcare provider for the type of criminal history check that you're requesting. 
NEMT providers will have to obtain criminal history checks on prospective drivers before they hire them. The NEMT provider must submit the com completed criminal history check to the Health Standards NEMT Program desk before that person can drive for the Medicaid NEMT program. This applies to both initial applications and additional or replacement drivers. These criminal history checks must come from Louisiana State Police or one of their authorized vendors. We do not accept criminal background checks from local police departments, sheriff's departments, or clerks of court's offices. If you have any further questions, please feel, feel free to call the Health Standards Section's NEMT program desk at 225-342-9404. And at the bottom, they do have the, uh, the DHH footer. Let's see. And the next is a new form, it looks like. And it says driver information and driver change form. A driver information form, MT-H, should be completed by each driver upon enrollment and each year at, thereafter at the annual review. A driver change form, MT-8-C, should be completed and submitted when a driver leaves the employee provider, changes the class of his or her license, or changes his or her name or address. Provided below are the instructions for completing each of the forms. Completing the driver information form. Prior to completing the driver information form, the provider should, should ensure that all the information on the prospective driver's operator's license is current and correct. The driver must also have a current Louisiana chauffeur's license. Class D. If the driver is employed by a service in a parish bordering the state line and the driver is a legal resident of the adjacent state, the driver may have his or her state of residence equivalent to a Louisiana chauffeur's license. The driver's present correct name and address must be reflected on the license. Any drivers needing to change the license information should report changes to the Louisiana Department of Public Safety and Corrections, Office of Motor Vehicles, and have such corrections made prior to completing the form. Providers should ensure that they fill in the provider name and number. If the provider is in the application process, the provider should write new in the blank space. In addition, the provider should fill in the driver's name and address, including city, state, and zip. Social security number, operator's license number, license class, state, and expiration dates, date of birth, race, and sex from the driver's license in the appropriate blanks. The driver's home telephone number should also be entered. In addition, the provider should check the appropriate block to indicate whether any restrictions apply, and the provider should write an explanation of any restrictions checked. The provider should indicate whenever the driver's license has ever been suspended. Sorry, let me start over. The provider should indicate whether the driver's license has ever been suspended or revoked and offer an explanation, if applicable. Also, the driver's level of experience transporting people should be explained how long, by bus, taxi, etc., the driver has worked for another NEMT provider, the provider should be listed. Whether the driver has completed the National Safety Council's or approved equivalent defensive driving course should be indicated. Online driving courses will not be accepted. A driver who has not completed this course will not be approved. In addition, whenever a driver has been convicted of any traffic-related offenses by any court, including pleas of no contest in the last 10 years, should also be included. This includes all L... A.RS.32 offenses or their equivalent in other states or municipalities, DDBI, LARS, Revised Statute 14 98, Reckless Operation, L.RS, 14, 14 99, or Vehicle Homicide, L.R.S, 14 32.1, Vehicle Injury, L.R.S, 39.1, or their equivalent. The form must be signed and dated by the provider, and the following must be attached. There are five bullets. The first bullet is a, legit, 
excuse me, the first bullet is a le legible photocopy of the operator's license, an enlarged copy is preferred. A copy of the driver's history obtained from the Louisiana Department of Public Safety and Corrections, Office of Motor Vehicle. The third bullet is a copy of the Certificate of Completion for a National Safety Council or approved equivalent defensive driving course. The fourth bullet is an additional sheets required to complete the form. All additional sheets should be headed with the driver's name, social security number, and the provider's name and the date. And the fifth bullet said proof that you're attaining a criminal background check for the driver from the Louisiana State Police or one of its authorized agencies. A copy of the request plus a copy of the money order paying for the request. If any information is falsified or credential forged, the monetary sanctions may be imposed. Violators will be referred to the Attorney General's Medicaid Fraud Unit or for possible criminal prosecution. The next page says driver change form, driver's change form. This form must be submitted to the Bureau of Health Services financing within five working days of a change. It should be signed, dated both by the provider and the driver unless the driver was terminated with cause. All changes of the license must also be signed by the driver. And a copy of the change license must be attached. This includes license renewals. And it's mostly a blank page under that. The next page is the, the official um, HSMT-8, revised February of 99. It's the driver information form. Number one is the provider's name. Then it asks for the provider number, and you fill in the driver's name, their last, their first, and the middle initial. Then box number four is putting their social security number in. Box number five is their maiden name, if applicable. Then six, you ask for their start date. Seven is their driver's address, including the city, state. Number seven is the driver's address, which you fill in the street, city, state, and zip. Number eight is the driver's telephone number. Number nine, you fill in their driver's chauffeur license and their license number their issue date, the date of birth, their class, uh, state, expiration date, sex, race, if the license has any restrictions, and indicating what the restrictions are. Number 10, has the license ever been suspended or revoked? If yes, explain. 11, has the driver had any experience transporting people commercially, yes or no? If yes, how many years, and with whom? Has the driver ever worked for an NMT company? If yes, which company and how long? Number 13, lists the date driver had National Safety Council's defensive driving course and entered the dated course. 14, has the driver ev, I think they mean ever, been convicted of a traffic-related offense in the past 10 years, yes or no? If yes, list offenses and date with an explanation. Has driver ever been involved in any accident which involved a fatality, yes or no? If yes, explain. Number 16, has a driver ever been on probation or sentenced to jail slash prison as a result of felony conviction or guilty plea, yes or no? If yes, attach a separate sheet giving the law enforcement authority, city police, sheriff, FBI, etc. The offense, date of offense, place, and disposition of case. And then in bold it says your signature on this form is attesting the validity of this information. Ask for the driver's signature, provider's signature, and a date for both. both. The next form is the form HSS-MT-C, revised in February of 99, and it's uh, the official driver's change form, it looks like. And it asks for the provider's information. You give them the provider name, the telephone number, provider number, fax number, address, you know, including the city, street, state, and zip. The driver's information with their name, date of birth, social security number, address. You do the type of change, which is number 10 on the form. It's a termination when you mark whether it's voluntary or involuntary, and you mark the reason. And to B, you've got to modify it, and you put a change of address. And it's from, and you give them the city, state, street, state, and zip to the city, street, state, and zip. 
and the change of name, and you do from to. And you have to put from to with the change of name to, then you have a box where you have to put the change in class of license, and you put a copy of new license attached, whether, you, whether it is or not, and then they've got a box for other where you got to fill it in, and then it says in bold, your signature on this form attesting the validity of this information, and it has the driver and provider signature and the date for both of it. The next page of the manual uh, says submit to at the head of it, and it has Louisiana State Police, um, Bureau of Criminal Identification Information, PO Box 6614, Mail Slip A6, Mail Slip A 6, Baton Rouge, Louisiana 70896. It looks like this is the background check form, and it says the fee for processing a state background check is $26. For FBI processing, we're authorized and required. There's additional 1925 fee, effective March 19th, 2012, FBI fee 1650, cashier check or money order. And it has asterisks, forms must be filled out in ink and be reviewed by a submitting agency individual for accuracy, and fingerprints are necessary for positive information, identification. Please print. And it asks for the agency, facility, or individual, the agency or facility authorized representative, the mailing address, the signature of the authorized representative, city, state, zip code, agency or facility phone number, agency or facility authorized representative email address. And then it has a request for all the reasons, and it has it um, the healthcare provider non-licensed box checked. And it asks for the applicant's full name, says please use ink, and it asks you to do the last, first, and middle, and it includes the maiden name and previous married names if applicable. And then do the applicant's signature, their social security number, date of birth, ID or driver's license number, state, race, and sex, position or license applied for, you fill that in. And under there in bold it says authorization to disclose criminal history, records information. By my signature below, I hereby authorize Louisiana State Police to release all pertinent criminal information maintained in their files, other state files, or the FBI files if applicable, which may confirm or deny my eligibility with the facility or agency named above. And then it has a number in bold DP or serial code, whatever you want to call it, DPSSP6696. And this was revised in January of 2012 which I believe is the latest date I've seen in this document yet. So the next page is the instructions for Form MT-9. And it says, Form MT-9, the vehicle inspection form, must be completed as follows. The provider must complete the following items in the first section of this form. And the bullets say, uh, parish in which the vehicle is stationed. Next one is the provider's name. Next bullet is the provider's number. If the service is new, write new in the space provided. The next bullet says provider's telephone number, including area code. The sixth, fifth bullet, the registration business name. This name must also be on the Louisiana Certificate of Registration. Then seventh bullet, sixth bullet, I'm bad at bullets. Street address of the business, including the city, state, and zip code. And then the next bullet is unit number. The, unit, the number that you assign to the vehicle for tracking purposes. VIN is the vehicle identification number. The make of the vehicle is the next bullet, and the bullet of color of the vehicle, a bullet for the model of the vehicle, and then a bullet that says license plate and number and expiration date. Note, no vehicle will be inspected without the above completed prior to the inspection. Section 2 says completed by the inspector, and it says the remainder of this form is completed by the inspector during the inspection of the vehicle. Details of this inspection can be found in Section 7 on monitoring and documentation provider manual. And it has an asterisk, and the asterisk says se Section 7. Documentation and monitoring of the provider manual has been included in this enrollment packet following the HSS-MT-9B form. 
And then the document continues and says, after the completion of the form, the inspector will have the driver or transportation company representative sign and date the form. Then the inspector will sign and date the form. If the vehicle has passed inspection, the inspector will write the vehicle's decal number in the appropriate space on the form. The inspector should ensure the form is readable and give this copy to the driver slash company representative. And the next page is a form that says HSS-MT9, revised in September of 03. And the header says Health Standards Section Transportation Vehicle Inspection Form. Section 1 says the general information to be completed by provider. It asks for the parish, unit number, provider name, VIN, provider number, make, provider telephone, the year and color of the vehicle. I guess the make is of the vehicle too. Yep, registration name, the model of the vehicle, the street address, license plate number of the vehicle, the city, state, and zip, and the license plate expiration of the vehicle. Section 2 says type of inspection, and it says it's to be completed by the inspector. Um, and it has boxes that you can check and the boxes first box is initial then the next box is an annual and then you have a box for spot check and you can check chow you can also check fleet edition you can check a box that says reinspect one and check a box that says reinspect two and section three is for vehicle information and it's to be cleared by the inspector and that is it has mvi number and the odometer reading, it asks if you have proof of insurance, yes or no. It has the uh, box for the insurance expiration date. It says when the sticker expires, it puts the list of vehicles capacity and the slots there say wheel passenger and wheelchair or W slash C. And it says the total vehicle daily vehicle capacity. It says passenger as a blank for passengers and a um, interesting uh, a, a checkbox for W slash C, which is wheelchair. Section four is vehicle inspection to be completed by the inspector. And it says see attachment HSS-MT-9B. And section five says results of inspection to be completed by the inspector. It has a box where it says units pass inspection. You can put the decal number when it expires. And the next box says unit failed inspection. Provider may request reinspection when corrections have been made. As a place for the provider's signature, the date, and the inspector's signature. The next page in the manual, which looks like it's continued the MT-9 form, it's the inspection of vehicle to be completed by the inspector, and the, it says the asterisks denote optional services, and uh, it has a spot for the VIN number, and then the columns have a, you have columns for, for, I'll go over the list in a second, but you can pass, fail, pass or fail each, and then you have comments, and then there's a column for reinspect, and you pass and fail, and there's a second reinspect column for pass or fail. And the items that are on the checklist are A1 and 2 body and damage, A3 properly marked, a4 tires, A5 lights, A6 mirrors, A7 windshield, A8 wipers, washers, A9 windows slash doors, B1 interior, B2 heater, B3 air conditioner, B4 horn, B5 seat belts, B6 exhaust, B... C1 fire extinguisher, C2 first aid kit, C3 PPE kit, C4 child seat, C5 jack slash spare, D1 wheelchair lift, M slash H, and that's one of those optional items. And D2 is a wheelchair ramp slash TOE, which is an optional item. D3 is wheelchair restraints type is optional. And D4 two-way radio system is another optional one, and it's handicap V. Then that, it has a spot for comments and surveyor. And the next looks like it's an EMT first aid requirement um, checklist. 
And it says, uh, the Op- Occupational Safety and Health Administration of the United States Department of Labor has ruled that patient transportation services are subject to its jurisdiction and therefore mandates that all such vehicles are required to have a first aid kit on board. The first aid kit should contain, at minimum, at a minimum, the following. Uh, and it, it lists uh, plastic strips, three quarters by three inches, adhesive tape, one half by five yards, gauze bandage, one inch, uh, gauze bandage, two inch, non-adhered pads, two by three, oval pads, two inch by three inch, a cold pack, a bag of bagged pair of latex gloves, uh, butterfly bandages, med, fabric strips, three quarter of an inch by three inches, triangular bandage, ammonia inhalants, antiseptic cream or ointment, antiseptic cream or ointment, seven eighths of an ounce of in the tube, antiseptic wipes, scissors, and a personal protective equipment kit. See below, asterisk. Note, these items will be checked during inspection, and the asterisk says 229 CFR 1910 OSHA mandates personal protective equipment for kit for all patient transportation services. In order to be in compliance with this section, vehicles carry, must carry a PPE protection kit. Um, that includes rubber gloves, an impervious gown or coveralls, shoe covers, a face mask, and safety goggles or a fluid shield. In 95 or in 100 mask are also highly recommended. The next page, which is page 90 of the manual, says uh, at the header, insert from provider manual, section 7, documentation monitoring. A valid motor vehicle inspection sticker issued by the state of Louisiana or one of its municipalities must be displayed. Item number one, providers must verify that the correct VIN is on all paperwork. It must match it to the vehicle. The registration certificate is valid and all information is current and correct, and the vehicle has a valid license plate and MVI sticker, LA or municipalities, properly displayed. The item number two, the inspector will inspect the exterior of the vehicle for the following. Body damage, and that is no appreciable body damage or damage missing or missing pieces. Uh, the next bullet is property marked, properly marked, and it says all vehicles must have serv- the service name and telephone number displayed in two inch Two-foot letter, sorry, excuse me. All vehicles must have the service name and telephone number displayed in two-foot letters or greater. On the driver and passenger door. That's two inches, y'all. It's one apostrophe, so it's got to be two inches. Um, On the driver and passenger door. Vans must be also have this marking on its back door. Lettering must be painted, shown as decal, or otherwise permanently attached for no magnetic signs. The coloring of the lettering must be in contra- must be in contract to the cars. I think they mean contrast here. The color of the lettering must be in contrast to the cars paint color. The unit number must be played in, displayed in two inch numbers or greater on the right and left front quarter panels adjacent to the doors in the corner where the hood or door and windshield meet. The number must also be displayed in the lower left back glass affixed from the inside of the glass. Providers in Orleans Parish must use their or- Orleans Parish CPNC number as their unit number. It must meet Orleans Parish regulations for size, contrast of color, and location. The next item is tires. Tread in accordance with RS32. No exposed wire bubbles or appreciable sidewall damage. And lights, you must have you have to check headlights, high and low beams, turn signals, hazard flashers, backup lights, brake lights, and parking lights. The next one says mirrors. Uh, you must have left-handed left-hand outside rear rear view mirror and inside rear view mirror, and a right-hand outside rear view mirror. 
For the windshield, it says you've got to perform a paper text eight and a half inches by 11 inches sheet. So one comma is two feet. All right, so perform paper test eight and a half inches by 11 inches and the sheet held horizontally steering wheel. On what? Windshield. For that, you gotta perform a paper test. For an eight and a half inch sheet by 11 sheet, you're gonna held, held horizontally on the steering wheel on the windshield in driver's view and ensure that there are no stars or cracks. For wipers slash washers, you've gotta ensure that the wind, wipers and washers are functioning properly. For windows slash doors, all doors and win all doors, all windows and doors must function as intended by the manufacturer. The inspector will inspect the interior of the vehicle for the following. For the interior compartment, ensure the interior compartment is free from tears, holes, large stains, or offensive odors. Everything in the passenger compartment must be secure. No star- sharp edges, points, or other hazards are allowed in the patient compartment. The inspector will also ensure the vehicle contains the following equipment, and it lists out fire extinguisher, NEMT-approved first aid kit, PPE kit, child seat, jack-slash-spare tire, heater, and it says the the heater, you've got to ensure that the heater is functional and that air at the vent is warm to the touch in accordance with manufacturer standards. For the air conditioner, it says you have to ensure the air conditioner is functional and the air at the vent is cool to the touch in accordance with the manufacturer standards. For the horn, you've got to ensure the horn functions properly. For seat belts, You've got to, it's, they've got to be functional and undamaged for all sheets. Um, the requirements for the first aid kit and PPE kit are provided on the checklist after the inspection form. Providers should ensure that each vehicle contains a minimum two B colon C fully charged fire extinguisher within the driver's reach in the passenger compartment. All these items must be marked with the unit number. Halon extinguishers are not permitted. The inspector will also ensure that the vehicle contains a secure jack capable of raising a tire from the ground and an inflatable spare in accordance with the previous mentioned tire standards. The inspector will ensure that wheelchair vans can contain the additional operating requirements listed below. Lift, and the first but- bullet is lift, manual or hydraulic, either, either is acceptable, and it asks you to check for leaks, ease of operation, and panel markings. That's up and down. Uh, Check electrical cords for frayed or torn wiring and proper connections. Check for proper up and down operation. For a ramp with toe cleats that are 28 inches wide, assure the proper size. For wheelchair restraints, may use lock, well, and tie-down system or ratchet system. Either system must be bolted to the bottom of the vehicle in accordance with the manufacturer's recommendation. If locks are used, they must have pins and both rear wheels of the wheelchair must be secure. And the next bullet is two-way radio systems. Ensure that a that the two-way radio system is in working order. Now it says the inspector will complete the bottom of this form as follows, and it has a bulleted list. Bullet number one says, write his or her narrative based on the items needed. A supplemental form shall be attached if necessary. Bullet number two says, check whether the inspection is classified as an enrollment, fleet edition, recertification, or spot check inspection. For bullet number three, it says, check whether the vehicle has passed or failed the inspection. For bullet number four, it says, have the driver or company representative sign and date the form. Number five, it asks you to sign and date the form. Number six, it says if the unit passes inspection, the inspector will write the vehicle's decal number in the appropriate space. Number seven, it says ensure the writing is readable and the form on the form and give a copy to the driver or provider. Page 31 of the manual says, it, it, the header says procedures to attain, obtain four higher plates. And it says the Department of Public Safety began requiring all non-emergency, non-ambulance medical transportation provi- vehicles for a two vehicles to have a four higher license effective July 1st of 1993. 
To obtain this license plate, the provider must, number one, complete an attached affidavit of an MT-10. Number two, have the MT-10 notarize and mail it or return it to the Public Service Commission at P.O. Box 91154, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70821. And for number three, it says, upon receipt of the license, approval certificate from the Office of Public Service Commission, make copies of the originals and keep them for future use. A copy of the license certificate is to be presented to the Department of Motor Vehicles to obtain your for-hire license plate. One copy of the license certificate is required for each vehicle. The certificate is to be used exclusively for commercial, non-emergency medical transportation vehicles only. Four hire plates are to be obtained after you have been assigned a provider number. A regional transportation inspector will contact you with the provider number and advise you to obtain the four hire plates at that time. The page 32 is an affidavit, and it says State of Louisiana. There's no seal or anything like that. It says Parish of blank. Before me, the undersigned authority, the date personally came and appeared, and it has an affiant slash provider's name. You fill that in, and it says whose company it is, and you put their company name. Who, after first being by me, and you put the notary's name, duly sworn deposes and says that he, she is engaged in the business of transporting by motor vehicle passengers for compensation, but that he or she is exempt from the precision of Act 301 of Louisiana Legislature of 1938, as amended by Act 20 of Louisiana Legislature of 1946, for the following reasons. Both provider, carrier, owned, and leased vehicles will be used exclusively for commercial non-emergency medical transportation only, pursuant to LRS 45-172A, parentheses 3. The license approval certificates supplied to me by the Louisiana Public Service Commission will be used to purchase license plate for this purpose only. All license plate to be purchased issued in the provider's name. And that is a spot where you say the printed name of witness, their signature, you put the signature of the witness, the signature of the provider, the address, the phone number, subscribe to my presence, and duly sworn before by me the affiant above named this, and it says blank day of blank on 20 blank. And then it has the notary seal, signature, and notary number. And that concludes the provider handbook. So after reading the first six pages of the Molina Medicaid Solutions and Department of Health and Hospitals, um, any non-emergency medical transportation manual for the Louisiana Medicaid program. Uh, this is um, last revised as a packet, it looks like. Um, it looks like there's some of the inserts have been done after May 15th of 14, or May of, May of four, 2014. But the main things that I, I see here that make me... Um, the main differences I see here is that they actually have a, I mean, there's a large number of forms that are no longer used. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting how very forward they are with the providers saying that, you know, every time your packet is returned to you, it delays your enrollment into program by at least two weeks. And that even if there are no problems, it should take about three months for them to get through the process. It's a lot longer than we do. And they also have some explanations for them to fill out the forms and they make it very clear that it's their responsibility and uh you know that's something i think probably changed um a little bit over the years to where you know people don't feel like they're their stand their their responsibility anymore providers don't necessarily and um you know, the, the other thing that's interesting about this is every time you had a driver, every time you had a vehicle, we, we just require people to submit 
we have a vehicle list and the documentation. In this, they have a very um, detailed uh, process you go through and some forms that you need um, that they're listed out here in this. Um, the other thing that I've found interesting in here is that um, I'm trying to find the place in there that says it. Uh, they don't. They do not accept Louisiana automobile insurance identification cards. I'm not sure what the clarification or reason there is. Um, they also use temporary permits to for people that are requesting a inspection. But it looks like they expect them to request it, so you can send it to them. And they've got to have it uh, at all times. They do have a waiver. For if you're for higher plate, um, and you've got to complete the empty tin form, which I believe we still do. Um, the other thing is just the bluntness of like page seven. Oop, haven't gotten that far yet, I don't think. Um, So you do have to pay in advance for 90 days for your insurance is what it says on page three. But then what's interesting is I believe later on there's a different, um, uh, it says six months. And um, the other thing about this, I think they require you to do something online. It says you know, option one, but I think that might be later on in the manual. So Continue to look at look at the whole manual. What what we see what I see interesting is that uh, you know if you replace a vehicle, you've got to fill out this um, fleet edition form. And this again looks like it's the HT, it's the HSS MT15. It hasn't been, re been re revised in this packet since March of 13, and you've got to submit for a replacement vehicle, and you've got to let them know if you're adding a vehicle, uh, and, and the differences there. Uh, that's on page five, and then um, getting on to page seven or so, you know, they're just very straightforward. Like, don't mail this to the physical address. Don't mail the application to Molina Provider Enrollment. Doing this will delay the process. In the um, checklist, it's interesting that they don't have the provider agreement form in this packet that I see. Um, I'm assuming it's somewhere on this website, but it also, that's it. Number four of the non-emergency medical transportation checklist on page eight. It says Louisiana Medicaid ownership disclosure information forms for entity slash business. Only the disclosure ownership portion of this enrollment packet can be done by choosing option one. So if you choose option one, it just means you're doing the ownership enrollment via the web. If you choose not to do it via the web, then you got to submit a hard copy of Louisiana Web Ownership. So they already back in back this way are pushing people to the uh, online option. Um, they also ask you to, you know, the electronic portion. They had that available, and you've got to give a power of attorney form, which I don't believe we do do anymore. And they've also got a um, provider's election form, similar to what we do. Um, You know, the interesting thing is that the clear distinction between profit and nonprofit. 
But we don't see anything about rates in this packet uh, off the bat, so it doesn't let us know if there's any distinction there. It also does not explain um, you know, the hierarchy of choosing that I've seen, you know, being lowest cost first. Uh, and now we know that it's the uh, closest provider to that pickup point. And then after that, it's, uh, from my understanding, it's member's choice from there. So the other interesting thing is that um, the, I believe this has already goes on, but it's just, it's just interesting to see it spelled out, is that you can't have an insurance agent send you a copy of the insurance. It's got to come directly from the company. And um, it's got to go directly to that. In, the, in this package, it's got to do, go directly to the health standards office. Um, so also the interesting thing here is they, they expect you to do a notice of intent to do business, where you got to pop, post that in the newspaper. Seems similar to like an alcohol and beverage license, um, where you know if somebody has a problem with you doing a business, you've got to make sure it's aware that's something we don't do anymore, um, and that's kind of something we want to look at, I'm sure. So the other interesting thing here is they do still have a CPNC type permit for Caddo Parish, which we know is no longer uh, required. And um, in this one, they're asking for a copy of the Class B ambulance permit. Um, so that that's interesting for that for that Caddo Parish. Um, located stuff so it is interesting that they do define taxis here as a reimbursable um, provider type which we know is no longer the case uh, that was around 2017 you know probably mid 2017 uh, that they said taxis no longer allowed but here it is obviously allowed and uh, in this it's it does spell out that the any empty providers may not subcontract it also says in here that um, the insurance requirements, which we know are different as of, I believe, 2019. Uh, but right now it says in this, in this manual, it says that the insurance is $100,000 for auto li liability, $300,000 per accident, and a combined service limit of $300,000, which is much higher than the... Um, the new one that they've done, which is um, new, which was put in place in 2019. So um, <clears throat> let's see. So it's interesting that they say they must have either a fax machine or the blast software capability as determined by the Medicaid program based on the volume of trips authorized to the providers. So this is the backup program that they're talking about here for like, say the software goes out or the phones go out, they can still fax or email something to people as far as a manifest goes, which brings up some very interesting um, patient confidentiality things. I know faxes are secure. Um, that's a whole different story, but I know they're considered secure by the HIPAA community. And the BLAST software, I'd be interested to see what specific, um, what specific items are uh, you know, referring to there. So um, it's interesting here that it does say that the provider must agree to service the entire parish or parishes for which they provide transportation. The only exception is in Jefferson and Orleans parishes, they can choose to serve only the east or the west bank, which actually sounds fairly consistent with things that we know um, providers already do. So it also says here they're required to immediately report to their area inspector any changes which affects their, their participation, such as fleet size or reduction in the number of parishes covered which is uh, very pretty clear here. 
Um, I'm looking on page 10 here and it gets in a little bit about the transportation scheduling service. And, you know, it does mention the least costly means of transportation here. It does say that 48 hours in advance to schedule appointments and that same day trips will not be authorized except for certain types of medical necessity. So it doesn't say anything about business hours here. It just says 48 hours. Um, it does on the same page say, here you go. It does say somewhat about a hierarchy. I was wrong. It does say trips will be schedules. They have a typo there using the following hierarchy. Um, it's a little bit different hierarchy than I was thinking of, but it has city, you know, they say city or public transportation is the cheapest, such as buses. Then they use, then you opt for, for friends and family providers and non-profit providers and then profit providers. So that's interesting here. It, it does have the hierarchy of offering non-profit providers the trips first. Um, so it does say here that transportation providers cannot call on behalf of the recipient to schedule an appointment. Only medical facilities authorized to fax requests to schedule appointments on behalf of their patients are hemodialysis facilities, long-term term care facilities, or nursing homes, and kid med facilities. It's interesting they allow nursing homes here because I know that those is expressly not allowed for most of the trips they do at this point, so that's an out-of-date portion. And here it doesn't have a spe specific vehicle requirement that I'm seeing um, for air conditioning and heat. It doesn't have like a temperature, but it does say they must function in accordance with manufacturing standards. Um, so it also says here that the providers cannot subcontract profit providers such as nursing homes, developmentally disabled, group or mentally or, or developmentally disabled group or community homes, hospitals, etc., may not provide transportation for their own clients and bill Medicaid, but they may, may bill Medicaid if they transport other Medicaid recipients. So I believe that applies to people with, um, you know, looks like that would be, a, you know, they don't expressly mention behavioral health homes, but I think that's what we see most in transportation is that, you know, behavioral health companies tend to have their own transportation and like to transport their patients as well so that must have been changed at some point or it may be still just been allowed practice at this point um, So it does say here that the providers must comply with all applicable federal, state, inter federal, interstate commerce laws regarding transportation, including but not limited to the million-dollar insurance requirement. And I believe that's referring to if you're going uh, outside of state to do transportation. Um, so they have some in here, like this... Uh, page starting on page 11 is really it's, I mean it's from 1994 so it's very old but they, they they're making a kind of a it's like a denial key is what it is it's the main denial codes and how to fix those which is pretty interesting so they've got about one two three four five six seven about seven they're there it's also this is interesting if you ever hear people talk about the z codes for cpt 
they list those out here on page 12. And it's talking about, so that's where it's interesting to see, like you hear people refer to back when they got a capitated monthly rate for um, reoccurring members. Uh, and those members require more than five trips per week, including wheelchair-bound patients. What's interesting here is they don't um, indicate that that's, it looks like they're saying five round trips per week, but they don't clarify that. Um, they do have a, an extra for remote rural monthly rate. So someone who's capitated trips for necessary medical services are greater than 120 miles round trip, which is interesting. Um, and then there's another rate for someone in a wheelchair that's rural, and it's a capitated rate. There's also one for wheelchair urban, capitated. Local profit wheelchair is uh, its own payment, and local nonprofit wheelchair is its own payment. So, and, and, and that makes it very clear they expect you to... Um, do this right but this portion of the manual so the manual's got a combination of Molina documents and state of um, Louisiana like official documents and the one that has this these Z codes and um, the denial codes while it's not an official letterhead it is saying it looks like it's saying a memorandum from Thomas D. Collins we'd have to look up who that is to see it is but it's, it looks like it's a Molina um, Molina based and, but it does refer to the department. So I wonder if it's LDH. It's kind of not clear on that, whose form it is. And then, you know, uh, on, starting on page 13, you do have your non-emergency medical transportation license application form. And this is where it's interesting. If you ever hear somebody respond to an issue about workers comp, you know, they, it says that, um, it's a little bit different from this, but in workers' comp, to, to be exempt from workers' comp, they ask you to, uh, they say that uh, you can only have owner owners that drive. And so on this form, they have two slots for owners. So if you have more than two owners, you've got to attach a sheet, but it, it is a 5%. You've got, to, you know, you've got a list of people who have direct or ownership or controlling interest, at least 5% of the corporate stock. So it's in, that's where the 5% can be foreseen for uh, the amount of ownership needed. Um, so again, when you get to page 14, they define that the service area requirements, you've got to take the whole parish. And uh, it does say here, the provider service area is defined as the parish or parishes in which the provider had either a main office or a substation. A parish can only be a service area for a provider if he has an office located in the parish and at least one vehicle based there. A provider must accept all trip authorizations within the parish or parishes and all reasonable proximity trips to adjacent parishes. List the parish or parishes that you wish to operate, the number of vehicles to be used in each parish, and the location of the office in each parish. And again, it allows you to do East and West Bank of Jefferson. It doesn't list Orleans here, and they're counted as two separate parishes. You can serve one, the other, or both. So in number nine, under the vehicle requirements, it does say that um, you must own or lease all vehicles that we use in the, in the program for transportation services. Got to submit that each one is registered in the transportation services name. And again, it says in bold, um, the transportation providers may not subcontract.
And let's see, so you know, going to page uh, 14, section 10, it's more about the insurance. It requires the policy to cover any automobiles, Schedule 1, or owned, hired, leased, and non-owned automobiles, Schedules 2, four, two or 4, and 8 and 9. So scheduled auto, automobile policies, Schedule 7, are not permitted in this document. Once again, it says the insurance company, not the agent, must send the uh, true and correct copy of the insurance policy. And it mentions the million-dollar out-of-state stuff. It also says here the department must be listed as a certificate holder for all automobile and general liability insurance carried by EMT providers. And you know, they make it very specific. It also says you've got to know have a cancellation change statement requiring 30 days the notification, 30 days notice on any change of coverage. So the interesting thing is it says it does say on page 15. Once the vehicles are inspected and certified for participation in the NEMT program, each vehicle will have a decal placed on it by the surveyor. In addition to initial and periodic recertification inspections, the department may conduct spot inspections at any time and any location within the state. Any vehicle failing a spot inspection will have its decal removed. It will have to be inspected again before it can be used again to transport Medicaid clients. That one's interesting. I'm not, I haven't seen that practice. I mean, we, know, we know it happens. We know that um, you know it, it can happen. It does happen, but you don't hear of it very often anymore. Um, so it does say that you need in writing. It's got to be prepaid for three months. I believe somewhere in here it says six months, but I'm just uh, interesting. Um, let's see, page fifteen still, section twelve in Roman numerals. It has um, it has more, more another reference to the um, Jefferson Parish CPNC and C City of Shreveport local license requirements. Um, so it's interesting that they do require a hold harmless agreement that indemnifies, defends, and holds harmless the Department of Health and Hospitals Bureau of Health Services financing. But see, it's interesting, this is a Molina document. It has nothing about um, holding Molina not accountable, which is which is interesting to me. And it, it does require a notary, which is something we, I don't believe anything the provider currently does requires a notary seal, which is an interesting thing. And then the sample of intent to do business, once again, is something that I don't see us doing. So uh, when you get to page 18, it's a memorandum to providers and applicants. And it's you know dated 2011, but it says effectively 2010. It's basically the barrier crimes, and these have changed over the years, but this is um, a good start to see what it looks like. And I find it interesting that at the very beginning of the manual, it says if you've got certain crimes, don't go any further till you talk to somebody, which is interesting. Does it say talk to somebody? Let me look at it. So it's on page, it's like the first page. Yeah, you got to talk to them if you have um, any kind of fraud with Medicaid and Medicare or healthcare program, neglect or abuse, unlawful manufacture, prescription, manufacture, distribution, prescription or dispensing of a controlled substance, fraud, theft, embezzlement, breach of fiduciary responsibility, or other financial misconduct, sexual acts, or interference with any types of those investigations. So very upfront, they say, if you got any of those stuff, you got to call. Um, then on page 16, it outlines some of the, I think it's a full list of barrier crimes. And uh, once again, it's on state letterhead. 
uh, but it's, it's you know about it's on par with the, the dates in this book. It's actually one of the later dates in here, not the latest. And the latest is like in 2013. We'll get to that. Um, so the other interesting thing about this is um, the way they do the grandfathering in piece. It says the law applies to all new NEMT drivers hired after August 15, 2010, and anyone who has not been employed by the provider for 24 of the previous 36 months. So if you hire them after 2010, so it's an interesting uh, grandfathering way to do it. I don't know if it's, I, I, I'm curious how that worked out. So it says they've got to have the criminal history checks before they hire the drivers. The providers have to do that. And um, they got to submit the completed criminal history check to the health standards NEMT program desk before the person can drive for Medicaid EMT program. Applies to both initial applications and additional replacement drivers. And here it clarifies they have to come from the Louisiana State Police in this document. Um, page 20 starts going over the MT8, or the driver information form. Um, and then they've also got the driver change form, MT8-C, that they explain. So, I mean, here they don't allow online driving courses, and but currently, I know that they are. So here it does say, if any information is falsified or credential forward, some monetary sanctions will may be imposed. Violators will be referred to the Attorney General, General's Medicaid Fraud Unit for possible criminal prosecution. So, and then... Let's see, the driver's change form. Nothing really stands out with any of these that I'm seeing at first glance. But what's interesting here is they do ask for the driver's um, experience transporting people, how many years and who they've done it with, and if they've ever worked for an EMT company, and which one and for how long. So these forms that was being, were being collected by the state does have a history of each driver, which is interesting to me. And they also require if you to, if you terminate someone, you've got to lift it as voluntary or involuntary, and you've got to give a reason for it. And that was given to the state um, for them to keep on file, I guess, so they can track drivers somewhat. But I, I'm not sure if that's still done at all. So um, after that form, you get to the MT-9 form, which is the vehicle inspection form. And it's got a lot of stuff in, done by the inspector, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the only thing I don't understand is section two, it says chow is a type of inspection. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm sure it's, it's an acronym that stands for something that I'm just not putting together. Um, so they, I mean, you can, they allow, it looks like they allow two re-inspections for a vehicle and the first aid kit requirements, pretty extensive here. Um, Nothing that I see that really stands out. Um, so when you get to page 29, it's an insert from the provider manual, section seven, documentation and monitoring. Just makes it very clear that they've got to fill out the application. The providers have to fill out all the correct information, like the VIN. Uh, registration certificate is valid. It's current and correct. Vehicle has valid license plate and MVI sticker. Louisiana or municipalities properly displayed. 
So it also talks about body damage, having marked. It says it needs two foot letters or greater on the driver and passenger doors and two foot or greater on the right and left front or quarter panels. And it does here, they've got to be in contrast to the car's paint color, which I find interesting because you do see that nowadays that there are some that are not in there. So I wonder if that's still a uh, requirement or if it's been changed. So it does say that the interior department is free from tears, holes, large stains, or offensive odors. It's part of the vehicle requirement. Everything in the passenger compartment must be secure. No sharp edges, points, or other hazards allowed in the patient compartment. Says the inspector, well... And so, like, as far as the heater, it just says the heater is functional and the air in the vent is warm to the touch in accordance with the manufacturer's standard. I believe that has changed. And the air conditioner one also says ensure that the air conditioner is functional and that air in the vent is cool to its touch in accordance with manufacturer's standards. Now, in here, I do notice that it requires a child seat. That's no longer a requirement, but it does say that. It's interesting that, you know, they've always had PPE kits. Um... So if they ha it's interesting that if you have a two-way radio system, it's got to work. It doesn't say you have to have one, but you've got if you have it, it's got to work. So the page 31 and 32 of this are just procedures to obtain higher, for higher plates. Nothing crazy. Uh, I believe this form is still, maybe still used. It's the MT-10. Um, I don't know how well frequently it's used though. So, um, but that, that gets to page 32 and, you know, there's once again a notary seal and that is at first glance, the notes comments on the 2014 Molina Medicaid provider manual. Um, that's it.